to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. Do you look for clues about whether someone's lying to you? Do you ever read articles on body language or lie detection to try to learn how to become better at spotting someone who's lying? Have you ever felt frustrated because you couldn't tell if somebody was telling the truth? If you answered yes to any of those questions, today's episode is for you. We all know that people lie sometimes. And despite our attempts to uncover the truth, most of us are really bad at detecting whether someone else is lying. So today I'm talking to Dr. Paul Ekman. Time Magazine named him as one of the most 100 influential people in the world. And he's been ranked 15th among the most influential psychologists of the 21st century. He's considered the world's deception detection expert. Often dubbed the human lie detector, he was the inspiration behind the hit series, Lie to Me. He even trained the TSA in how to detect deception. He co-discovered something called microexpressions, which we'll talk about a little bit later. He's worked with the Dalai Lama, and he's written many books. And we're fortunate to have him on the show today. Some of the things he talks about are why people lie, the biggest myths about how to detect lies, and how to actually know if someone is being deceptive. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for the therapist's take. It's the part of the show where I'll break down Dr. Ekman's strategies and talk about how you can apply them to your own life. So here's Dr. Ekman on how to tell if someone is lying to you. Dr. Ekman, welcome to the Very Well Mind podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. you. I'm sure you don't remember this, but you and I had a phone conversation about eight years ago. I just looked through my email to figure out how long ago it was. But I had written an article for Forbes magazine about emotions, the myths of emotions, and you and I had connected. And you talked a little bit about micro expressions of our emotions. And I have to say that that conversation comes into play for me all the time now. Now that we do more stuff with video, I will often have a freeze frame of myself as we're trying to cut video up and make little clips for social media. And when I pause it, I'll see a little, a funny look on my face that I never knew I even made, but because we're freeze framing this video, I'll see it. And you and I had talked about micro expressions, which, so now I think about you all the time when I'm looking at freeze frame or frozen video clips of myself for that reason. For people in our audience who don't know, can you explain a bit about what microexpressions are? These are usually, they're very fast expressions, so fast that most people who have not been specially trained don't recall seeing them. They are visible, and some people can see them without training. Everyone can see them with training. The training takes about an hour, and it's on the internet. And uh, they are usually emotions that the person is unaware of feeling. Not always. Sometimes a person knows what they're feeling, but they don't want to show it. But it still escapes their control and is apparent in one of these very fast, about a 25th of a second, micro expression. And one of the things that you've learned is by being able to notice these micro-expressions, you became very good at detecting when people were lying. 
That's true. It's uh, there are actually a number of different signs of when people are lying, and if I'm really doing it seriously for a federal agency, for example, or uh, I've done in the past quite a bit of work with New York Police Department Counterterror Division, uh, then I I want to look not just at micro-expressions, but at everything I can pick up from the voice and from gesture as well. Uh, the But micro-expressions... Uh, are a very good source, and they're actually very entertaining uh, because most of us don't aren't aware of the fact that we're actually seeing them, uh, and yet we can learn how to see them all the time. So then what's it like to be you, since you can do this? When you watch TV, you're watching the news, and you see a, a politician saying one thing, but maybe you notice their micro-expressions. Does it work like that? Are you able to tell when people are lying, even if they're on the TV screen? Not always, but sometimes. And uh, it's an additional source of entertainment for me. (laughs) And most of us, though, think we're good at detecting lies, right? But the truth is, we're really not. No, even uh, I've tested about a few thousand people in every profession. And uh, most people are not much better than chance. But you can learn. You can learn how to do it and do quite a bit better than chance. Uh, But it takes about an hour to learn some of the things that you need to be able to use to do that. And are some certain professions better than others? Are, say, police interrogators better at detecting lies than maybe a school teacher? Not much better. Uh, Interesting. Not as good as they think they are. (laughs) Uh, The... uh, there are some people who are very good at this, uh, and some uh, police departments know who within their company is especially good at being able to detect truthfulness. And uh, the because you're not just looking for lies, you're looking for truthfulness. You're looking for when you're getting the actual facts, the actual story, how the person really felt, what they were aware of. and. Uh, Sometimes that's that's what you're after. You're not you don't care about when they're lying or what they're lying about. You care about when they're telling you the truth. And why do you think that we all tend to think, no, I could tell if somebody was lying yet? Well, we we are because we get misled so easily, and we don't ever find out how far off we were. And I'm a therapist. I have lots of people that will come into my therapy office. Because they don't know if somebody in their life is lying, whether it's a, an employer and they think maybe one of their coworkers is stealing from them or uh, somebody comes in because they think, I think my spouse is cheating on me. Yet they, they, they can't tell. And it is really distressing to them because they're like, I asked the question, they gave me the information. I, maybe I think they are, but maybe I think they're not. And they really struggle with trying to figure out if somebody else is telling the truth. Yeah, well, if you're uncertain about it, then... And- there are serious consequences one way or the other, then that's quite a problem to deal with, not an easy one. And I think sometimes we don't necessarily want to know the truth. What do you think? Well, I think often we don't want to know the truth. I mean, do you want to find out that your son is using hard drugs? Do you want to find out your spouse has somebody on the side? I mean, yes, you do, but no, you don't. 
you really would rather very often not know the truth because it's painful to learn the truth. Right. So I think sometimes we keep digging for evidence, but then on the other hand, we keep turning up evidence that maybe it's just our minds playing tricks on us and it's quite distressing. Yes. Very often people are misled because they want to be misled. And they're even unaware of the fact that they don't want to know the truth. It's too painful to learn. In your research, have you uncovered much about how often people tend to lie? Yeah, it's very hard to generalize. Uh, it depends on what they're talking about and who they're talking with. And uh, so most people tell the truth some of the time. Now, that some is a very big word. It can mean not very often, but it's there sometimes, or it can be most of the time they're being truthful. Uh, it really depends on who you're talking to and what you're talking about and what your past relationship is and what you're expecting for the future. So it's very hard to generalize. And do you find, like, what are the reasons most of us do lie? Is it because we're ashamed of ourselves? We don't want to be judged. We're trying to stay out of trouble. Well, you've given some of the more important reasons. Uh, we don't tell the truth also because we don't want to offend someone. Mm -hmm. We don't want to hurt someone. I mean, how often have you spent an evening at someone's uh, home and you were bored out of your mind and you said, thank you for a lovely evening? Right. It's politeness. Now, is right. politeness lying? Well, in my book, I'd say no, because you don't expect to be told the truth. You expect that people will tell you something nice and grateful. They'll be polite. And, you know, politeness isn't truthfulness, but it isn't lying either. It's its own category. Uh, just to not offend. Now, sometimes Sorry. you really want to know the truth. You know, is my husband really playing around? Is my employee really uh, sending customers for to someone else and getting a kickback? I mean, sometimes the truth is what you're really after. But it isn't always easy for most of us to know when we're getting the truth and when we're being misled. In a case like that where somebody's being polite, let's say you invited somebody over and they said, thank you so much, this was wonderful. Can you tell in that case, do they have the same sort of micro expressions as if somebody's telling a big lie to get out of trouble? Well, usually there won't be much sign because there's not much consequence. The only time I can tell whether someone is lying is if detecting the lie would be costly to them. Okay. If it wouldn't matter one way or the other, I can't tell. It has to have a serious consequence. Okay, so they only really have these certain expressions if they're nervous or they're trying to keep themselves out of trouble or something along those lines? Something along those lines. Something, okay. Something that will affect their future that matters to them that you believe them. If it doesn't matter, I won't be able to tell. It's only when it really matters that I can tell. And then what about the fact I would exhibit certain facial expressions if you were, let's say you were asking me if I committed a crime. I might be nervous that you're going to think I did it. And then how do you tell whether my expressions are just because I'm nervous or because I'm guilty? Well, there are ways to distinguish between the two because nervousness has 
a different set of changes than uh, guilt about an offense. So that's why most of us, and I've tested thousands of people, most of us can't tell whether someone's being truthful to us. What are the little things that you see on somebody's face when they're lying? Can you give us a couple of examples? It's hard to give you an example out of context. Okay. You can only really do this when you compare the sound of their voice, the look of their face, and the words that they're speaking. You've got to look at all three in order to catch a lie. If you were watching then a silent film of somebody and you couldn't hear them, would you be able to tell if they were lying? Probably not. Okay. And I had read that you started learning a lot about this when you were looking at hospital patients who wanted to go home and they were saying, yeah, I feel much better. These are psychiatric hospital patients telling the staff, yes, my depression is gone. I should be able to go home. But we know that sometimes people are just saying that because they want to get out of the hospital. How did you figure out... uh, about lying based on this? Well, some of them were lying in order to get out of the hospital and take their life. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I spent, oh, I spent a good five to 10 years studying films of such patients in order to look and find where were the clues? Were there any clues? Sometimes there aren't. Sometimes you can't tell. Uh, Sometimes it's important to know. I'm not going to be able to know whether this person is lying or telling the truth. Most of the time you can, but with some people you can't. You've got to know which is which. And so I do training, but I only train people in the three-letter agencies, primarily in law enforcement and counterterrorism. Because those are the things that, to me, matter most, and I think to to our country matter most. And I've heard that you've had other people on the other side of the coin ask you, can you teach me how to be a better liar? And you've made it clear that is not something you're interested in. Yeah, I, don't I say I, I run a school for lie catchers, not for liars. <laughs> I've even had one president ask me to teach them to be a better liar for when they have to deal with their... Uh, the head of state of another country. And although I could see why they would want that, and it might even be in our national interest, I don't teach that. And one of the reasons I don't teach that is if I developed teaching for that, I wouldn't be able to control who used it. And it would often be used not for people that I myself would want to see get away with a lie. And do you think it does it work that way? So you train people on how to detect lies, but when we get good at detecting lies, do we become better liars ourselves? Not at all. The two are totally unrelated. And uh, so you could be a great lie catcher and a terrible liar and vice versa. You could be uh, quite good at one and quite bad at the other. And then is your special special training in each area. It's much, much harder to train someone to be a good liar, much harder. And some people, you can't really train them. They can't really learn it. Some people can learn it. Uh, 
And most people don't go into sales and they don't go into politics if they don't have some natural beginning ability to be able to conceal the truth. And is that why you say most of us aren't good at lying, even if we try, because there's that fraction of a second that we show an emotion and it's not voluntary? That's true. Most of us are not good liars. I mean, most of us are grateful that the people we're dealing with are not very good at lying to us. And is this true for, say, somebody who might have a psychological condition? If somebody were a psychopath, do they still show those exact same facial expressions? Psychopaths are a special case. Okay. Because uh, they tend to be very good at catching lies. I'm sorry, at perpetrating lies, but not much better than anyone else at catching lies. Oh, interesting. Okay. But that they're good at lying because they maybe don't feel the same shame or disgust or something that the rest of us would feel if we were lying? That's right. So aside from these facial expressions, is there certain body language, things that we do when we lie that can be a giveaway sometimes? Well, yes. I In my book about this, uh, the book's called Telling Lies, I list 30 different things. And uh, if you really act this seriously, if the stakes are high, there's a lot to be lost or gained. Then you want to learn all of these clues. You don't want to rely just on micro-expressions. Uh, that's one of the most important ones, but there are 29 others. Uh, some of them not as good, but you want to learn and use all of them because you don't know which ones are going to occur. So the same person might have a couple here, a couple there, but they might not necessarily show just these. There's not a list of exact classic symptoms. Are no. they? Because I've heard things like when somebody touches their nose or they touch their mouth, that that usually means that they're lying. Is there truth in that? No, not a bit. Interesting. Okay. That seems to be one that is all around the internet these days. That that's how you tell there's something when somebody touches their nose, that means that they're lying? Yes. Well, that's not true. And uh, there's a lot of misleading information. And most people don't get a chance to check out whether it's a, a false clue or a true clue. Interesting. Can you give me an example of something that is true, a body language gesture, something that is a giveaway sometimes? Well, not out of context. The only thing that really works out of context that I've found is these micro-expressions. Okay. And uh, they're only telling you about things that the person sometimes is not even aware of the fact that they're feeling it. And yet it leaks out in one of these very fast expressions, which most of us miss, but one can learn to recognize them. It takes about an hour. I have a tool on the internet called the micro-expression training uh, tool, and it teaches you in about an hour how to spot these signs of concealed emotions. And it, which I will link to it in our show notes because I hope everybody takes it. I've taken it and it's quite fascinating just to see these subtle little differences, these flashes, these little things that once you become aware of them, you kind of can't unsee them. That's true. And maybe you are better off not seeing them. There is that, right? <laughs> what does it do to people when you start to suddenly look around at the people around you in your life and you think, wait, this what they're saying isn't matching up with that thing I just saw on their face, right? Do I really want to know? Maybe right. you're off being misled. Are I we find out that your son's using hard drugs? 
you really want to find out that, uh, you know, your daughter is uh, not being truthful to you about what she's doing with her spare change? Well, you do, and yet you don't want to know some things. It's kind of the problem. When something's brought to light, then we have to make a decision. Are we going to do anything about it or not? When you're in that uncertainty phase, you might be able to think, oh, I'll just keep my head buried in the sand a little longer and pretend like it's not happening. Yep. Very often that is the case. I've made the claim that most often we are misled because we don't want to know the truth. Hmm. That we make it easy for the liar because the truth will be uncomfortable for us to learn, at least initially. We might be better off in the long run, but in the short run, we might be a lot worse off. So then by not making it come to light, are we protecting the other person who's lying? Or are we protecting ourselves from Both. having to face it? Yeah. Oh. And are we any better at detecting lies with the people that we know well, our loved ones, as compared to a complete stranger? We're usually worse. Really? Because <laughs> yeah, the people that we're most involved with, we want to believe them. And so we're uh, easy prey for those people. Interesting. So even if we have a, a loved one who tells us something completely made up, we're still not likely to, to be able to recognize it as compared to if it were just a customer or somebody we only met once? Yes, actually, I did research on that and found that the people that we know best are the ones that most readily can mislead us and do often mislead us. And in reality, like, do their behaviors change? Like, will uh, somebody go into great detail when they're lying? So we should be able to notice it as compared to if, or they smile when they're lying as compared to when they're just telling a, a story that's the truth. Like, are there more signs probably when it's somebody that we love because we know what their normal behavior is? Uh, we're actually at a disadvantage with someone we love, because we want to believe them so badly. And uh, so we, we unwittingly overlook signs that would contradict that, that would make us think, maybe I'm wrong. You don't want to know that. I don't want to know that about my children. I don't want to know that about my spouse. Maybe I'd be better off if I did, but I, in the long run, but in the short run, I'd be a lot worse off. And how often do we accuse people of lying when they're actually telling the truth? I hope not often. <laughs> I think your default should be, I'm going to believe this person until they're proven otherwise. Unless, you know, you're buying a car from a used car salesman. There are people who we go into initially expecting that they're not going to be truthful to us. Okay. But for those people, for our friends, for our lovers, for our children, the best default is believe them until it's proven otherwise. And and you say that, although you also say uh, that knowing the truth would help us in the long run. So why should we believe that people are being honest with us, at least as our default up front? It's really painful to learn it in the short run. Yeah. So we're caught in a quandary. And uh, But I believe, and actually there is evidence that People who believe others are being truthful to them are happier people and they tend to live longer. 
Oh, that's fascinating. So don't, you know, if you distrust someone, they're not going to be your friend. You're not going to regard them as a friend if you distrust them. I think the best, unless, you know, you're in a profession where you have to catch liars and you have to expect that there will be a fair number of liars, like the police, uh, like people in some areas of business, the best default is believe the person you're talking to until proven otherwise. And what about the idea that once a liar, always a liar? Somebody's lied to you before. Is there a better chance that they're lying to you again? Well, it does raise that possibility, but it's very hard to generalize. Depends what the issue is. Okay. And what your relationship with them is and what they expect to get or not get from you. All of those things matter. That's why it's not easy. It's complex. You know, and people say, well, can you tell whether that person's lying? Well, you know, from from a five-minute interview, not often. I need when I want to really know whether someone's lying or not about a serious matter, I'll spend an hour or two talking to them, not five minutes. Okay. So in a quick flash of an instant, it's much harder to tell. Yes. What about if um let's say there's somebody in your life and you think that they're lying to you. Do you encourage that? Is there anything that we can do to make it easier for the other person to become more truthful? We can tell them that even if they feel they have to conceal something from us, they could at least tell us that, that I'm not at liberty. Sometimes you could say, I'm not at liberty to really say one way or the other. That's better than the lie. Okay. All right. At least you know that you don't know. And if, let's say, a parent thinks their kid's lying or somebody thinks that their partner is lying, should we, I guess, what lengths do we go to try to convince them, no, it's okay to tell me the truth? And does trying to encourage somebody to tell us the truth, does that increase the likelihood that they will? Or will they continue to lie to cover their tracks? Well, it depends on whether they believe you. Okay. And whether that's actually true. You right. Know, say to somebody, now, listen, is, if you tell me the truth about the person you've been seeing on the side, it won't matter to me. But it actually does matter to you. Right. And so you're lying to them in order to get them to tell you the truth. That's a paradox. And I've heard that parents who are really harsh disciplinarians often raise kids who become good liars because the kids are going to lie to get out of trouble. And then when parents often use that line, well, if you tell me the truth, you won't get in trouble. And then that happens. The kid says, yeah, actually, I did eat the extra cookie. And they get grounded or they lose their privileges. So then the kid just learns, well, there's no sense in telling the truth next time. Yeah, well, they learn to be a better liar. Absolutely. They learn when they get caught and not to do what they get caught on. You don't want to teach your kid to be a better liar, but you 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 want to give your kid privacy. We all deserve privacy. You know, you can't know everything and you shouldn't try to know everything. You should let people have things. You know, I, I often say to people, I'm just not at liberty to say anything about that one way or the other. Now, if my wife asks me, are you having an affair? And I say to her, I'm not at liberty to tell you one way or the other. Uh-huh. 
I've already told her. Right, right. So there are situations in which you can't use that line. That makes sense. Yeah. So aside from, I'm going to link to your website, hope that people go there and where they can learn more. Is there anything else? Do you have one last tip or strategy for us if we want to get better at detecting lies? Is, uh, Is there something else that we can do? I think we should think seriously about why we feel we need to get better at detecting lies, why it matters to us, and uh, where we're feeling uncertain. What is that telling us about either our attitude, if we feel that way about everybody, or about this particular relationship? We can't really have an intimate relationship with someone we don't trust. And the most important issue in trust is that the person is not going to try to mislead you. Mm. So So then perhaps we don't need to know the truth or we don't need to become better lie detectors ourselves in order to trust someone and have a healthier relationship. Yes, I do believe that if you're going to have a healthy relationship, it has to be built on trust. And that trust has to be maintained and earned. And that's, of course, the biggest cost of lying to someone that's important to you is that they may not believe you later when you are telling the truth because they've already learned that you're willing, at least sometimes, to mislead them. Yes. One lie often leads to another, doesn't it? Yes. Dr. Ekman, thank you so much for being on the Very Well Mind podcast and sharing all your wisdom with us. My pleasure. Thanks for the good questions. Welcome to The Therapist Take. This is a part of the show where I'll break down Dr. Eggman's mental strength building strategies and share how you can apply them to your own life. Here are three of Dr. Eggman's strategies that I highly recommend. Number one, consider why you want to get better at detecting lies. On the surface, most of us think that it'd be great to be able to detect whatever someone else is being dishonest. But when you step back and think about your reasons why you might want to do that, it can be quite revealing. Is there someone in your life that you distrust? Have they done something that would cause you to distrust them? Or do you tend to assume people are being dishonest most of the time? Maybe you were hurt in the past because you trusted someone who wasn't honest and you've decided not to trust anyone ever again. I like that Dr. Ackman suggested that we look at ourselves first. Getting good at detecting lies isn't going to fix an underlying issue. Maybe there's a relationship problem or an unhealed hurt in your past that really needs to be addressed. Number two, think about the consequences of learning the truth. As a therapist, I worked with a lot of people who went to great lengths to find out the truth. They might check up on their partner's whereabouts to see if they're cheating. They might repeatedly question an adult child about whether they've relapsed after a few months of sobriety. One of the things that we'll talk about in treatment is how these scenarios are likely to end up. When someone doesn't find any evidence that their partner's cheating, they rarely give up snooping. Any relief that they felt at first because they didn't find any evidence is usually short-lived. Or if a parent doesn't find concrete evidence that their child's relapsed, how long will they feel relief? Probably not long. We also talk about why someone might lie and what they're protecting. And we explore the consequences of finding out that someone's being deceptive. That's not to say that you should believe everyone all the time. Choosing to bury your head in the sand isn't healthy or helpful. But it's important to recognize that spying, snooping, or trying to force someone to tell you something has consequences too. So I appreciate that Dr. Ekman says this. While he's in the business of teaching people how to detect lies, 
he makes it clear that learning the truth has consequences. And number three, get training in microexpressions. There are tons of articles and social media videos that will tell you how to know if someone's lying. They might say things like, if someone's looking down, they're lying. Or if someone's scratching their nose, they're not telling the truth. But Dr. Ekman says none of those things are true. In fact, in his book, he says that we can sometimes detect lies from people who are close to us when they change their behavior. Someone who usually doesn't go into many details might share tons of details when they're lying. Or someone who usually makes eye contact might not look you in the eye if they're lying. But those changes in behavior are specific to individuals and not to everyone. So before you can start learning how to detect lies, you need to let go of myths about deception that you might be holding on to. You don't want to be so distracted by someone's gesture or their expressions that you lose sight of what they're communicating. If you really want to know if people are lying, learn to recognize microexpressions, those quick little shifts in someone's facial expression that only last a fraction of a second. People often express their emotions on their face before they even know what they're feeling. Of course, you then have to interpret why someone might be feeling that way. Are they expressing fear because they're afraid you'll be upset about something? Or are they expressing fear because they're about to be dishonest? You'll need to interpret what you find. Dr. Eggman offers online courses that can teach you how to identify microexpressions. I've taken them and found them to be really helpful. If you want to learn more, check out the courses on his website, paulekman.com. So those are three of Dr. Ekman's strategies that I highly recommend. Consider why you want to get better at detecting lies. Think about the consequences of learning the truth and get training in microexpressions. To learn more, check out Dr. Ekman's books. He's written a whole bunch of them, but two really good ones about lying are Telling Lies and Why Kids Lie. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.